Welcome to the Brisbane Lions Big Footy Podcast. I'm Keegs, and I'm going to be joined by Ollie, and we're going to talk about the loss to the Saints, Daniel Rich bouncing back to form, uh, Hugh McGluggage and Jared Berry and their debut games, and we'll also look ahead to the Tigers this weekend. Let's do it. All right, well, welcome, Ollie. Welcome to the third episode of the Brisbane Lions Big Footy Podcast. Um, how are you doing today? Yeah, good kegs. would be better after a win, but yeah, we'll um, have wins to come throughout the season. But yeah, it was a good weekend and um, yeah, looking forward to recapping it all. As you said, we went down to the Saints 107 to 76, probably um, saved a bit of face by some inaccurate Saints kicking. But um, as a whole, what did you make of our performance? It was a bit all over the place, really. We started off really poorly, and there were signs that we might go back to some of the stuff we saw last season. But to our credit, again, like the Essendon game, we were able to fight back and really put it in a better performance and fly out the game. Yeah, the Saints kicked inaccurately. They could have put us off early and, and then late as well. So the scoring might have flooded us. But there were some really encouraging signs there. That second quarter, probably the second half of the second quarter and the third quarter, mm-hmm. really positive. Yeah, sure. And I thought we were a massive chance to pinch the win, but yeah, just like the Essendon game, we just fell apart in the, the last quarter, and I think that's a bit of a concern. All three games so far, our last quarters have been really poor. I don't know if it's just a, um, a sign of being a young side and just running out of legs late, but yeah, something we've definitely got to fix on because yeah, you can't fade out that badly in, in games in the last quarter and expect to win. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely a worry. Um, and it's something I think we spoke about in the first episode, like if our sort of high-intensity pressure game style is going to be sustainable. And at the moment, maybe it's not looking that way just because we haven't, as you said, strung together a full four quarters. But, um, you know, the day we do, it's going to be a pretty damn good day because we'll probably route aside by 10 or seven goals or something out of the blue. But, um, yeah, as you said, yeah, for sure. we're still getting the signs and, you know, that's all we can sort of cling to at the moment. And one day we know that, with consistency, we'll string it together. Um, I suppose one of the questions that came out of the game was, did we lose this game at the selection table? Like, the Saints were a far better side, but personally, I feel like we didn't do ourselves many favours with the moves we made. Yeah, I I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if we did lose it at the selection table. I think the changes we did make, bringing Barry and Mikulagic in for the first games was really positive and yeah the young and they didn't start everything but there was encouraging signs there for the future and they're going to be great players but mm. yeah Saints still had a couple of really good midfielders out that Armitage missing Stephen missing as well so the midfield was really an area where we could have capitalised we had Beams, Rocky, Steph Martin all playing pretty well so we would have liked to have a bit more of an advantage in the midfield considering St Kilda I think they didn't have anyone in there older than 24, so really young midfield and lacking a bit of experience, but yeah, I don't know if we did lose at the selection table, but yeah, we would like to say probably a bit more dominance in the midfield, I think. Yeah, for sure, and I mean, one of the points that led me to say that was probably we lacked someone like Michael Close up forward, that real target, and give a bit more structure, like Hipwood obviously really struggled up forward, and Shaki kicked a couple of goals and looked all right, and McStay, I think, finished in defence. 
So it just would have been good to have that extra um, target up forward because the Saints defenders sort of did as they pleased in the air. But, um, yeah, as you said, McLuggage and Berry uh, were pretty solid in their first games. Um, I think, ideally, it probably would have been better to get one youngster in rather than two just because you lose a lot of experience with like someone like Bastanak who's pretty solid. Like He was poor against um, the Bombers and did well in the NFL actually. But um, anyway, did you notice um, many internal changes during the game that sort of helped us get going in that second mid-second quarter to third quarter that um, helped us get back in the game? Did you notice anything structurally that really got us going? Well, McStay went back mm. as he has done. He, he started off forward, but yeah, he's an interesting one, McStay. He really does play, even when he's playing defence, he does play like a forward, trying to have those big marks in the air. And yeah. He's still a young player and he'll, he'll learn, but yeah, interesting sort of game. It was pretty scrappy and I think just no reliance on handle in the third half really cost mm. us. And I think go to just trying to get the ball on our boots, just kick it long, just don't over the handball, I think that really that worked for us. But then in the last quarter again, we just started going back to our old ways and yeah. to the handball again, and it just didn't work for us. And Kill just put us under too much pressure, and the, the hospital hand passes all over the place. But yeah, I think that's just probably being a young side and yeah, just uh, staying focused in games, I think, is just really important. The lapses at the moment. They're yeah. just really costing us. They're really hurting. Really costing us. Um, it's like patches for a while, and then all of a sudden we just switch off like that. Mm. Yeah. So like you said before, as uh, long as we can get consistent, we're going to be in for a big day at some stage. But yeah, that consistency will come at some stage. Yeah, for sure. As you said, we just overpossessed it too much. But I think we got to give credit to St Kilda as well. Like that pressure was. Pretty, pretty good, and they had their defensive structure yeah. in place. When, whenever we did sort of go forward, there was someone there ready to chop it off. But um, yeah, I think what was frustrating about losing to St Kilda was, as we talked about, the outs like Armitage and Stephen being out, and um, Rewelt and Montagna, the two most experienced players, were probably the driving forces of their win. So um, yeah, it, it does still feel like a missed opportunity. But um, one of the one of the better points from a Brisbane perspective was. Daniel Rich bouncing back to form. He finished with 32 touches and one goal too. Um, Chris Fagan said afterwards he sort of put him more behind the ball and used him um, yeah, in that way rather than in the midfield and resting forward. How did you see Daniel Rich's response to some criticism throughout the week as well? Yeah, he was much better. Back to his old ways. And I think probably behind the ball, coming off half-back, that's where he plays his best. Yeah. Sometimes he can get a tag and he doesn't really respond too well. Then up forward, you can look a bit. But down back and on the weekend, he was just superb. 32 touchdowns as mentioned, and probably could have had a couple of goals. He had a really good running goal at one stage and had a, a couple of other shots as well. But mm. yeah, he looked like a, a new player from the one last week. And I think probably the criticism was a bit of, I think, during the commentary on Channel 7 and a couple of other people as well, but he did get those two knocks in the first half, and I really think that did affect his output going forward. And definitely what we saw on the weekends are a sign of things for the rest of the season, because yeah. you know what a damaging player he can be, especially with 
if he gets a bit of space and he's able to kick it, he's a 70, 80 metre player. So he's so important to, to our side and how we're going. Yeah, I think the thing about Rich is, you know, that's got to be the bar for him now. He's he's played that yeah. game. He's got to be consistent. He can't just be a five disposal player one day and, you know, get 25, 30 the next. He's got to get, yeah. find some consistency. And, yeah, hopefully Fagan can unlock that secret because us line supporters have been, you know, preaching that for a long time now. We want consistency <laughs> yeah. from Rich. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, this is a building block for him and he can build on that for Richmond next weekend and moving forward. Um, some other points to take out of the game, as we've talked about, McCluggage and Barry, two of our first round picks from last year made their debuts. McCluggage finished with 13 touches, Barry had a goal and eight touches. How did you see the debutants, mate? Yeah, they were really good. Uh, Barry, he really excited our forward and was able to kick goal. And yeah, they're going to be great players for us, and just hopefully we can hang on to them and they can stick around there. Obviously, good mates going going back. So, so yeah, hopefully, that will allow them to stay with lines. And Nick Luggage has been highly rated. We're probably, he was rated as probably the number one pick last year for most of the most of the year. And then all of a sudden, from Essendon, um, Sandy Rand went to Essendon, they took him instead. But yeah, both yeah, those guys are just going to be. 200 game players for the club and there are enough signs on the weekend to really be solved by. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, McLuggage, he had a big task. I think from the first bounce, he was sort of lined up next to Nick Rewelt and he couldn't get much more yeah. stark comparison, you know, 300 gamer and someone in their first game. But yeah, McLuggage, you know, he's showed the traits that we sort of heard a lot about, like the class and the really good disposal. Mm. Um, Barry, I wasn't really sure what his role was. Like, he kicked that goal and he was sort of forward a bit. I think he was sort of like, you know, predominantly half-forward, deep-forward. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, good good initial signs from both of them. And it wouldn't be surprising if we saw someone like Cedric Cox from the same draft class in the coming weeks. I don't know if you caught the Nefel game, mate, but he was pretty impressive up in the NT when we knocked off the Thunder. And, um, but he's been impressive all preseason. That game, I think against Adelaide in the pre-season. We were well beaten, but he was a real standout from that game. Just his pace and his dash, I think that's something we definitely need. And yeah. I think probably in the next couple of weeks you will see him come to the side, especially if he's delivering those type of performances in the NEFL as well. And yeah. That's just great to see the, the, the NEFL side going really well. The last few years we've, we've struggled, we've had a lot of injuries, so they haven't won too many games. But it's just, oh, I think we talked about it last week, it's just so important to have you reserve side up and going as well because it just puts pressure on the same guys for spots and it just benefits the, the club as a whole. Yeah, depth and competition for spots is really critical to a good, solid first team. Um, I suppose one of the other talking points from the Saints game, just getting back to the weekend, was Montagna's goal. Oh, yeah. What did you make of that? I'm still not sure what I think about it. Like, I sort of see both arguments, but it was a bit... Yeah, a bit petulant. I really don't understand, and especially, I don't know how many games Montana's played now. It would have to be close to 300. Yeah, he's been around. He's been around for a long time. He's one of the more experienced players in the competition, let alone St Kilda. To see him do that, it was just really bizarre. Mm. It wasn't exactly a spiteful game or no. anything like that, but he gave an interview afterwards, and Brad Johnson in the commentary was 
talking about how it was a, a time-saving thing more than anything, just yeah. the 80 bit of time off the clock, but it just isn't a good look. No. Like, I, I don't understand why you even do it. Yeah, you might get five seconds off the clock, but mm-hmm. there were five guys at that stage anyway, yeah. and I really don't get the point of it. And they flashed the Alan Richardson in the box, and he was absolutely filthy. He was. Yeah, he was he I was. think most coaches would be. It just doesn't look good whatsoever. And, yeah, Lions supporters were furious, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the other points about the whole um, interaction was that he sort of gave Rockcliffe a bit of a head pat when he ran back to the centre square after he kicked the goal. So I don't know if it was like a bit of a condescending, you know, good try champ or if I'm reading too yeah, much. That's how that cross. Yeah, sure. it, was, it was really bizarre. Like, you've just, I've never seen anything like that. And it's pretty poor form. As you said, it just wasn't a good look, whether it was a time-saving thing. It just, yeah... It wasn't. It wasn't good to see. So hopefully, Montagna cops a bit of slack through the week. And, yeah, yeah, considering we, they <laughs> that was their first one. The season, yeah, exactly. Going great either. That fight was. Yeah, it is arrogance. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter which way you try and spin. It is still arrogance. So <laughs> it was. It was a really weird one. I don't think Montagna will be doing it again anytime soon. Would you, if you were Chris Fagan, the coach? sort of use that as motivation in your, I know, in a future pep talk and say, you know, these are, this is how some blokes treat us and this is how they look at us, you know, with a bit of arrogance and treat us like second-class citizens. Would you use that as a motivating thing or is it just sort of a set and forget, just move on? Oh, I think you would definitely mention it after the game. Mm. I don't think you'd make a big deal out of it, yeah. but you'd be saying, would they do that to a Geelong or... Yeah. No, one of the teams up the top of the ladder. I was going to say Hawthorne, but they're right on the bottom of the ladder, which uh, yeah. a lot of people are pretty happy to see. But, yeah, Sydney or one of the teams that are really respected around the league and have been up there for a long time. And I don't think Montagna would have done that to uh, Geelong or a team up the top of the ladder. So I think you would mention that the game and maybe next time we play some Kilda to say, hang on a sec, this is what these yeah, guys thought of us last time. And think about that today, out there. But yeah, it would definitely be mentioned. Um, moving forward now to this weekend, we've got Richmond at the Gabba on on Sunday, I believe. Actually, um, as yeah, all Lions for supporters would recognise, we have had a really, really, really bad record oh. against Richmond for the last. Probably, I think it's ten years or something. We haven't last. We haven't beaten them in ten starts or something. Two thousand and nine, and before that. It was 2004, so they're just a genuine bogey side. It doesn't so, matter how bad yeah, or how good Richmond are going, they just still manage to beat us. And even that win in 2009, I was at the MCG that day. We played finals that year. Mm. Richmond were going horribly. They ended up parting ways with Terry Wallace during the season. They just couldn't get a win, but they still managed to push us right to the end and yeah. escape with a win. But, yeah, they've really had the wood on us, and it is getting very frustrating. Pretty bizarre to think, actually, because Richmond were really, really bad for you know a lot of those years oh, at the yeah. start of the decade. I mean, we haven't been too crash hot, but Richmond were really bad. So to not yeah, yeah one win in thirteen years that's doesn't get much more bogey team than that. But um, hopefully we can turn <laughs> it awesome. around. Yeah, um, it's uh, 
it's a, a tough, tough one, one because, yeah, they are up and about right now. They've had the three straight wins to open the season and they're going the best they've gone for a long time. Yeah, they want to beat them now mm. if we were able to, to do it on Sunday considering they probably had the best start to a season in a very long time so yeah I think we had a draw against them I think we were going pretty badly at that stage it might have been 2010 actually we had a draw against them and they were on the get a win and we won but yeah I remember it just being a really poor stand game and one we should have won but it was a draw so we're back in horrible, even at the Gabba, we're putting in some absolute stink performances. So, yeah. Fingers crossed for something a lot better this Sunday. So, yeah, fast forwarding to the present day, Lions, do you give us much of a shot on Sunday, knowing that Richmond, as you said, are 3 0, coming off wins against Carlton, West Coast? Who did they beat last week? Collingwood. They beat West Coast, yeah. Carlton, Collingwood, and West Coast last weekend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do you give us much of a chance? Oh, absolutely. It, we've just got to string together four good quarters. I know it's the old cliche, but that's what we have to do. Our lapses just really... Even when we aren't playing badly, we've still just got to hang in there yeah. and fight our way out of it. And that's just what's cost us, I think, in the first... Yeah, probably even against the Gold Coast as well. We're able to hang on that day, but, yeah, we're just got to hang in there when it... It gets tough, and I think we. I think this side does match up pretty well with Richmond. Yeah, and at the Gabba as well, I really want to see a committed performance. And Richmond, hopefully, they get too ahead of themselves, and because well, that's all the, the hype's on them. They're right up the top of the ladder, and they're pretty notorious for getting too ahead of themselves. And yeah, they'll be massive favourites going to this game. Mm. So this is a game they're expected to win. Pretty comfortably, but I think we're a massive show, and we're just gonna string together those good performances, get off to a good start, and then finish well as well. Um, that's what has me pretty optimistic about this game. Is it's exactly the type of game Richmond would lose because they sort of get ahead of themselves, <laughs> and it's just yeah, it it really wouldn't surprise me if we won. Like I'm bullish, not overly excited, but I I think we could do it. Um, do you think in order to achieve that we'd make many changes at selection this week? Yeah, as you mentioned before, it was a good point. We did bomb along a few times and we just weren't able to keep it in the forward line or, or score. Mm. So there were a few wasted opportunities. I think maybe close would probably be unlucky yeah, I didn't to not be there. And I think yeah, he has to get a look in again. Mm. But yeah, he would didn't have a great game on Sunday, so he would be expected to lift. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, but yeah, Clarice definitely has to get a, a look in, and maybe Cedric Cox just for that bit of pace. Yeah. Because, yeah, he would be ideal to play on probably one of those small forwards, Rioli, Consania, um, some of those guys. Yeah, he yeah. would probably be yeah perfect matchup. Um, I suppose from a Richmond point of view as well, we can't not mention them and talk about Dustin Martin, who's been one of the He's right. Yeah, red hot Brownlow cracks early in the season. I think Trent Cotchin's flying a bit under the radar as well. Like he's been really good to start the year. Yeah. He um, has. Do you have any view of what we would do to negate Dustin Martin? Well, 
three weeks in and nobody's been able to do it yet. He's been on fire. He's been one of the best starts of the season individually mm. you could ever have asked for. He's just amazing again against West Coast. And obviously what he did first up against Carlton was, was pretty special as well. So <laughs> I... I remember him tearing his shirts a few times at the Gabba as well. He's just really dangerous across the park more than obviously through the midfield. So, yeah. Some have a, a pretty tough job on Sunday evening. And uh, Robertson's been mentioned a few times, maybe getting the job. But, um, yeah, it's, it's such a, a tough one because he's going that well. And one yeah. to be a couple of guys really trying to nail him down. I'm not sure about the Robinson commentary because he's sort of played more forward of the ball. Like he has gone into the middle in burst, but I don't think he's played that. Remember last year he had a really good run negating the other team's best midfielder, but he sort of hasn't done that at all this year. No, he hasn't. I think and he's been really good for us up forward. Yeah, he has exactly. So you don't want to rob Peter to play Paul, but um, in terms of Dusty, I think when he does go forward, um, Darcy Gardner actually is, is a pretty good matchup. Yeah, like I'd be pretty comfortable knowing that Darcy's on him. That's if Darcy gets up because he finished the game on the bench actually with a nice up leg. So um, that might be a forced. Yeah, I think he's okay. He's probably a good chance to get up this way, and I think it's not as bad as first expected. So oh, that's good. Yeah, hopefully he can get up. Yeah, so um, I suppose before we sign off, do you want to give us a tip for Sunday at the Gabba against Richmond? Oh, I don't think. There'll be many more wins, more satisfying for Lions Warriors to finally break that hoodoo against yeah. Richmond. I've just, just had enough. Like, Especially to <laughs> every time, derail like, the Tiger train. Every time, good chance, Richmond are going no good, and they still manage to beat us. And now they are going pretty well, so I'd love to knock them off on Sunday. And on. All right, get up. Uh, two goals. Two goals. We're finally going to have a good last quarter, finally. And, yeah, we'll hold out the last quarter by two goals. I reckon Shaq, you have a really good night. Yeah. Three or four goals breakout performance. That's a big call. Um, look, I'm going to shoot Bambi and Tip Richmond. Just cause, oh, no. Just because they're flying at the moment. And I think I think we'll put in a good show and like um, go back to sort of the Essendon match with an honourable loss, I guess we'll call it. But... um. Yeah, I think Richmond are just really firing at the moment. Oh, one thing we haven't mentioned at all is it's a return to the Gabba for Justin Lepage. Of course, of yeah. course. Um, do you think he'll get much of a reception if he's sort of down by the on the field or you know floating around? Do you think the crowd will? How do you think they react to him? Oh, I, I think they'll react really well. Obviously, it didn't work out for him as a coach. Yeah, but he's been. Such a great servant of the club, premiership player, absolute legend. That's and right. And he'll, he'll go down in history as one of our best players. Yeah, for And sure. I'm sure when there's a team in the centre or whatever, he'll be sliding in there at centre-half back. So sure. uh, he's just a great person as well. He just didn't work out as coach. And I think if he's down there, he'd get a really warm reception. A lot of, even though performances weren't coming out of way and change needs and like there were still a lot of people that, we're pretty upset that he mm. got sacked, so, nah, nah, you better. I think that's the unfortunate thing about his coaching tenure, is it sort of um, overshadowed how good he was as a player, and there was a lot of anger and frustration yeah. towards the latter stages of the Lepic era. 
And um, yeah, it just really detracted from the great memories we all have as him as a player. So I think you're right. He'll he'll always be a great Brisbane Lion. But um, yeah, hopefully we we are the last ones laughing on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right, mate. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. So hopefully we um, yeah we're talking on sweet terms next week after a nice win to go two two. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Frio can beat the Bulldogs. I think we can beat Richmond. So, and just just on a note to sign off, it's worth noting that Hawthorne hasn't won since Chris Fagan left. So, read into that what you will. (laughs) I know there's been a lot of talk about you, Jordan Lewis, and yeah. So, um, yeah, we might we might have the genius now. It's just all falling apart. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing actually. Like. And they don't. Another thing to mention is they don't actually have their first pick next year, so they can't even tank to sort of reload for next year. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> anyway, uh, now we're getting. To... Hey. Yeah, it's good to say. Yeah, for sure. It's a good change, change of fortune for once. But um, yeah, that's all we've got time for this week, mate. I'll um talk to you next week. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks guys. See you next week. See you, mate. <clears throat>